Hello, fellow humans. This is Timon, and welcome to Timon's Podcast. Um, everyone who's listening, man, I think I'm so thankful for you guys. You guys are the best. Um, anyone that's this is the first time listening, hey, what's up? I'm Timon. Welcome to my podcast. I'm excited that you're here for the ride. This is going to be an awesome podcast because this dude who I'm about to expose to you is one of my main homies. I, I mean homie as in like best friend, as in like my roommate, as in like this dude who's been my in my life for so long that it's weird that we're actually not married, but we're just best friends and that's all it is. I just got to say that up front. He has a girlfriend. I'm interested in women, all that great stuff. I'm just joking. No, I'm not joking on any of that stuff. He is he is one of my best friends. So um, I'm excited to share him. He's a great dude. One of the coolest things I think about Lincoln is uh, people underestimate him. I don't know if underestimate's the right word. People don't generally know how cool he is. And he surprises me on how cool he is. And he is so knowledgeable on so many different things. Um, and when people find that out they're like wow i would never would have expected that from him and i love just exposing who he is to other people um but honestly guys uh, i love talking to this guy and he's really what helped me start getting into podcasting and so in the future you're going to hear a lot from him and me more conversations because it's so easy to talk to him because i love talking to him also he has a whole Sphere, sphere, sphere of influence of people that he knows that I want to get to know and I want to expose to you guys. So, you know, we're going to be maybe doing some double podcasts. We're going to be having him on the podcast. We're going to have him and his buddies on the podcast. It's going to be a great time, guys. Um, but I really wanted to expose him to you guys because he is so freaking cool. And so I am, this part, this conversation we had was amazing. I'm so thankful that we I'm able to share it to you guys. We're able to share it to you guys. Because uh, what, what, you know, he just has such a unique story that I don't think gets exposed a lot. So I'm glad I could expose it. So guys, buckle in. Uh, put those earbuds on full blast. And um, enjoy. Link in the dare. All right. Perfect. We're rolling. Lincoln, Welcome. Oh man, it's so good to be here. I'm <laughs> it's pumped. A, it's a little different than uh, what we normally do, but um, it's I, gonna be good. I wouldn't say that because no one knows what we normally <laughs> do. <laughs> we normally don't do anything. Listening, crowd. Um, we we definitely don't have a secret podcast. <laughs> you definitely don't have a secret podcast. Actually, um, Lincoln, you are you're the one that got me into podcasting. We listen Am to podcasts, yeah. But what happened was you pushed, not you pushed, but we talked about we talked about we talked. Do you remember back? When you lived in Warsaw, and we're going to do a blog together. Oh yeah, we, yeah. I remember. You, do you you want to say what that blog's subject matter might have been? I don't either. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I think I still have a shared document of all of our ideas. They're pretty bad. I, if that ever yeah, released, we have we have blog posts that we wrote and have never posted. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. pretty rough. I don't I don't care to go back and read those. No, it's it, maybe when we get married. A or pretty something. dark time in <laughs> both our lives. I think. Yeah. But um, but from that, we always kind of want to do something shared together. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I moved back from Florida, um, I bought this podcasting equipment because we wanted to do a podcast together. And then we secretly might have a podcast on the side. And then this idea of I started doing it with other people as well. I'm like, this is it kind of sprung from that. So 
Yeah, you're like Goshen's own uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah, uh, Tim Rogan. No, 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 no. That's the the, the timid the Tim and Nymphs experience. Yeah. So this is my first time ever on the Tim and Nymphs show. <laughs> I'm real excited, guys. No, I'm I'm excited too. Um, I'm I you have been a major influence in my life. Just get that out. Thanks. Right, right in front. You too, man. And so I'm excited to share you to the world a little bit that's kind of what i want to do with this I'm, podcast I'm pumped. yeah this is just gonna be a podcast full of just us just complimenting each other back and forth <laughs> it's pretty pretty bromantic i don't know if you don't like that stuff i suggest maybe you uh listen to a different episode <laughs> maybe oh. i don't know we'll see or you know change your ways because uh mm. encouragement is needed in this time and i'm a full encourager yeah look to us as an example of a good friendship for real though for real though we side tangent we're gonna get into this podcast guys but a side tangent is um i was talking to jay last yesterday we all met this guy named jay he's super super chill and he was talking about how he lived at this guy's house Mm -hmm. and he's like oh i've been here three years this is the longest relationship i've ever had Uh, i I would say as far as like friendships like you're one of the the longest standing like friendships I've had. We've been friends since like freshman year of college. Yeah. Like 2011. 2011. It's 2019 now. So eight years. It's some years. Yeah. We've been through a lot. We've been, we've done a lot. We have. So yeah, well let's, let's talk a little bit about that. How, how do we actually get connected? Sure. Um, the year was 2011 <laughs> AD. We were both attending college uh, at Grace. Um, it was a pretty small campus. Yep. And I think we just, I don't know, you were my RA's uh, previous year's roommate. Yep. And so I heard a lot about you before I got to know you. Mostly jokes in, uh, made at your expense. Without <laughs> me being there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, behind your back. Because that was my... Yeah. Uh, and then uh, just, just from campus events, um, we went to a concert early on with yep. a couple mutual buddies. Uh, that was a good time. And um, eventually, not that summer, but the summer following is when we lived together in the lake house. And that's where it like, really started to blossom, I think. I think that is where the bromance really uh, started to, to blossom. Yeah, yeah I, w- I would say so. Yeah. It uh, revolved around sweatiness, which is not something pretty homosexual. Well, it revolved around alcohol and sweat and um, a mutual hatred of the establishment. True. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Yes. It 100% was. Um, you know how like just suffering when you're, when you're like in the trenches with somebody uh, just, you know, it kind of brings you together. That's kind of how that summer was, because we lived in this really substandard uh, house. Definitely was not fit for humans to live in. Uh, didn't have any air conditioning. and nope. uh, The washer and dryer were in the kitchen, and so every time we dried clothes, the whole house got so hot. Yeah, not so, to mention using the oven as well. And the oven and cooking, and all that, all that stuff was in one room in the middle of the house, and it just made it so hot yeah it was so bad there was also one part of the living room where you could see out to the outside like you could stick your hand and touch yes. the ground yeah there, yeah yeah it was it was pretty bad it was pretty gross and there was five of us living there that summer <laughs> yeah and one guy cleaned three times i think 
that yeah. summer. I think Eric cleaned three times that summer. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty gross. It was bad. But I think we all paid like 180 bucks a month for rent. Yeah, it like, was so It was cheap. so cheap. It was so cheap. To go back to those days. No, we definitely made it work. And it was it was worth it. There was one AC unit. I remember there was a couple nights it was so hot that we all slept in the living room because yeah. the AC unit was. Right and that there. AC unit just didn't work well at all. No, because I remember we tried to use it. Uh, I live in that house the following summer without you, and they tried to use it a little bit, and it just was not. Yeah, it wasn't worth it. I don't know why we just didn't Craigslist shop a couple like fifty dollar <laughs> AC units. I don't know why we didn't do that. Yeah, that would been a smart move. Uh-huh. But we weren't the smartest at that point in time. I think we were all just committed to like just dealing with it. <laughs> yeah, I think we were like, okay, we could pay twenty five dollars for an AC unit. Yeah. Or we could use that twenty five dollars to buy like two cases of beer, and we'll make it through if we can drink two cases of beer. Yeah. So. And in the evenings, most of the time, it wasn't, wasn't too bad. bad. Open the windows, get some fans going. Yeah, three or four box fans on you was perfect. A box fan. Uh, pulling air in from outside and yeah. the box fan pushing it outside yep. to circulate air. And then one box fan on you. And then one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, with all the electricity we used to power our fans, we probably just could have. AC unit. We should have. AC. Yeah. Hindsight's 2020. Yeah, we were idiots. But yeah, that was the first summer I really started to drink alcohol. Yeah. So all of my formative alcohol memories involved you. That's terrible. Yeah, I was a bad influence. No. Or a good influence. Depends on how you look at it. I think if you would have encouraged me to drink nonstop as much as I could all the time, I think you would have been a negative influence. But you kind of taught me, like, the principles responsible. Of yeah. Like, you educated me on drinking. You never yeah. really pressured me to drink something if I didn't yeah. want to. But when I wanted to drink, you were always there encouraging and, <laughs> and wanting to throw down as much as I wanted to throw down. Yeah. You remember we used to buy those um, mini kegs? Yeah, 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 those are fun. The Heineken and the uh, brown ale one as well. We, yeah, we bought a couple of those. Yeah. Mostly so just really cheap liquor. Yeah. that's We drank a lot of really cheap liquor that summer. Burnett's. Yeah, this this one night, here's another story, uh, got a small bottle. Well, I guess it wasn't small. It was just like a normal-sized bottle of Burnett's. A fifth, yep. Yeah, it was a fifth. and uh, $6.97. Yeah, it was like 7 bucks, and it was like cherry-flavored. And Got it home and realized the cashier didn't take off the security cap um i promise we didn't steal it yeah no we definitely paid for it We're, that's not something i was not that bad of an influence yeah and also like it was seven dollars yeah why would we steal that it was probably also like a one o'clock at night so there wasn't a lot going on that night yeah a really and, non-ideal time to steal something yeah but also it was seven dollars why yeah. would we steal that right yeah yeah it's seven dollars a script but we forgot the security cap um and so instead of taking it back to the store, because uh, I think I think maybe you didn't keep your receipt or something. Yeah. I, that doesn't seem like you, though. I can't remember why. I, I think we just didn't want to go back to the store. Yeah. And so we just took a knife, held it over our gas stove to heat it up, and used the red-hot knife to cut through the plastic of the like magnetic scary like, cap thing and got it open. It was a really... Either a really like sad moment or a really like proud moment. No, we were super proud. proud yeah, we were super yeah. proud. I'm still pretty proud of that, that was, moment. We, we kept the. We innovated through and got you know we and we drank. It was great. Yeah, and that was a pretty good snapshot of our how our relationship works. We just problem solve and work it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So you are my roommate. Um, for all of those people who don't know, uh, and we've been living together for well. Not totally, but we've lived Coming in up this... up on three years, yeah. Yeah, three years in this house. 
which is crazy. Three years this uh, like Christmas. Yeah, you've definitely been the best roommate I've ever had. Oh, thanks, buddy. Uh, sorry, man. You've had millennials. some really bad roommates though, yeah. Yeah. and so that makes sense. The standard, the bar is pretty low. Yeah, I I don't steal your stuff. That's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I also pay rent. Yeah, that helps too. Yeah. Also. Yeah. It's the first of the month. If you want to let me know how much rent I'll definitely pay <laughs> you, bro. you up to this podcast. <laughs> no worries. The way I work is it's just like I kind of get to things when I get to things. I think it's fine. Yeah. It's kind of how we both are. Um, but yeah, dude. So uh, you'd never lived in Goshen before this, correct? Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. correct. So you've been in Goshen for about three years. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me kind of like where you've lived or what, what, what's what been the progression of your life Well, so this will far. be a quick quick uh digression here <laughs> um i went to college uh, lived in warsaw a couple years and i moved here yeah where'd <laughs> you before before college uh, columbia city okay um yeah just a small like kind of just rule not i wouldn't say it's tiny but like a, a uh, yeah small by anyone's standard just indiana town yeah uh, it was pretty involved in 4-h growing up so okay if that, all right if that paints a picture for you um yeah. Did you raise animals? Yeah, we did. Um, all growing up, we had some kind of animal beyond just pets. We always uh, we had goats for a while. Um, pygmy goats, so the short, fat ones that are super cute. Oh. Uh, usually, they're kind of known as like meat goats, but we didn't do that. We kind of just raised them for pets and for like show animals for 4-H and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and my mom, my mom really liked them as far as like their temperament because they were. I wouldn't say they were like dogs, but they had qualities where they were pretty friendly. They were companion animals, and so they really liked interacting with humans. And so they were, they made really good pets as well. That's cool. Um, Do so they ever come inside? Or are they no, always no, no, outside? No, no, no. We were not. We were not that weird. Yeah. <laughs> our all of our farm animals stayed in the farm or in the barn. So we raised pygmy goats for a long time, probably ten years. Wow. Um, and did a lot of like open shows on the road. Um. And, raised a lot of like goat babies like did the breeding side of it too and sold a lot and really got into that side of it and i think that's how my mom um because she was single at kind of when this was happening i think that's how she kind of kept the hobby going because she would raise up goats and she'd sell them and she used the money to put back into feeding them and also to buy better goats for breeding oh interesting so So she kind of like bootstrapped it up yeah she kind of i wouldn't say she ran like a business but that's kind of how she i i think i don't know we never really talked about it but i think that's how she kind of kept it going and how we were able to eventually get pretty nice goats. Uh, we would win trophies and stuff when we take them to show them. And That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty... People would get mad at us at 4-H because there weren't a lot of pygmy goats at our uh, county's 4-H. There was maybe two or three other families who would raise pygmy goats. Um, and they all didn't really have that... I don't know. It's hard to explain animals to people who's never who have never raised and shown. They had animals. like B level goats. Yeah, they there when are you qualities you want and there are qualities you don't want, and a lot of their goats just weren't. I don't know, weren't what the judges wanted, and ours were. Nice. Let's say it that way, and so people <laughs> would get mad at us because every year we would win everything. <laughs> uh, and like we did pretty well at open shows, and and. Uh, my mom was able to charge a lot for the offspring when she'd sell them. And wow. So, yeah, it was a pretty cool thing. Um, and eventually we got out of goats just because we were all – I think I was in high school or approaching high, sc- approaching high school and didn't really want to do 4-H anymore. Right. And You're so, too cool for 4-H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have happened in middle school, but that's okay. No, no, right. no. no. <laughs> uh, it shouldn't happen at all because I'm not too cool for 4-H. I'm not that cool. So 
Yeah. I beg to differ, but that's going to be one of our segment is all the cool things that Lincoln does. Because I think, oh <laughs> I think honestly, the the thing is, um, I'm I'm a big personality, so a lot of people know me in Goshen. But yeah. you, when people get to know you, they're like, for instance, Abe freaking loves you. Wow. I so I guess to take a step away from that. You think he actually loves me as a person, or he's kind of like making fun of us? <laughs> no, he loves you as a okay, person. Okay, I, I thought that was the case because he seems like a pretty authentic person. But yeah. no, Abe loves you so much. He loves he loves both of us, but he loves you as well. I think the thing is, you have so many cool things that you do that no one knows about, and people just don't know about you either. And so I think that's a big part of it as well, you know. And so that's that's one that's one aspect of it. But yeah, so you, you lived in Columbia City, went to went to Warsaw, went to Grace College. What did you go to college for? Um, spent a couple years, a couple years, like the first two years undeclared. Um, and eventually I thought I wanted to be a therapist, and so I, I was a counseling and sociology major. Um, and then I got kind of introduced to the field a little bit and realized that's not something I ever wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, I dropped out of college. Yeah. Um, just to, to work, I guess, to maybe figure that out. And I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's kind of what I what I was doing at Grace. Yeah. Just, um, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Going off, kind of seeing what it is and then realizing, yeah, just, try, trying to pivot a little bit as well. And, I saw what that job did to me and realized yeah. that that's something I could not do the rest of my life. Yeah. That's one thing people don't know about you. They, 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 they don't know that you worked in a boy's home. Yeah, I did social work for almost three years. Wow. Um, and worked in a like a residential facility, like a like a correction center and Is that where we no, you were working at the college and then we were friends while you started working there, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that summer we lived together, we both worked for uh, campus. Yep. Um, doing different things around campus. And eventually I think you started your bank job that summer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kinda we worked around each other a little bit. But yeah, I worked for campus a couple of years and just did, I don't know, move stuff around, did just odd jobs around campus. That's kind of what we did. Yeah. 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 Which was really fun. I liked that a lot. That was cool. You I got to, to work of... with cool people. That's what I liked about it. Not the work. The work sucked. Right. But I had some really good coworkers. I had a really good boss. Um, you got to kind of explore the campus too. And you almost had like run of it a little bit. Yeah. I, a lot of times... Uh, had master keys to the whole campus in my pocket. <laughs> That's a good feeling. <laughs> it's yeah. like I can get into any room, any professor's office. I can get on top of any building with these keys. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Those are the glory days. I was just in Warsaw. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah I, I think back a lot. That was, that was fun. I think we kind of did that right. Yeah. I, it feels like... I mean, I've got regrets about my college career and stuff, but that summer, the time kind of surrounding that summer, feels like it was a really good season of life. Yeah, yeah, we we it were... was truly like a summer. Yes. Vibe. Yeah. yeah. It was. Summer it was like a growing life. up. This is a coming transition. Yeah. Tra- yeah. That, was that awesome. is a summer that every coming of age teenage movie is written about. Yeah, it was great. We had relationships. We had, you know, hard times. We drank a lot. We I, worked hard. I got really into cycling. I rode like 400 miles that summer. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's something I guess if you want to throw out in your segment of things that people don't know about Lincoln, I at one point rode my bicycle a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Up to uh, 
You went to all the way from Columbia City, from Warsaw, right? Yeah. Is that, that the longest I ride? I didn't really do that too much. It was like 30 miles. Like, it wasn't really. In the cycling realm, like, riding 30 miles is no a big, big deal. deal. Yeah. But I would, after working eight hours, doing heavy, like, manual labor, like, carrying desk and dressers up and down staircases and stuff like that, I'd hop on my bike and ride for an hour or two hours every night. That's crazy. Well, that's probably really good, though, just to de- de-stress and relax. And Yeah. And- yeah, riding a bike is pretty special. Um because you can kind of zone out a little bit. It's yeah. pretty. I mean, the word bicycle, the word the word cycles in there, and so like you get kind of into the groove of like your feet turning at a certain revolution. You kind of just I don't know. You focus in. You kind of it's kind of like a zen like thing where you just I don't know. You don't really think about stuff, and you're just you're just and going it, along. And yeah, I don't know. You get into a, you get into a rhythm, and your breathing kind of syncs up with how you're pedaling. And I, I don't know. It's kind of a special thing. Yeah, it's a it's a good experience. I don't know. It's almost like a trance, dude. Yeah, you can really one. think about like I would just get lost in my thoughts, honestly. Which is good. Yeah, yeah. Which is really good. I don't think a lot. Like of I wouldn't listen to music or anything when I rode because that's really? pretty unsafe. And yeah, um, just would get out and ride and I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it was good. I think it was a healthy thing. Yeah, no, that's cool. That is one of your hobbies that people don't know about. Um, another hobby people don't know about. We're just gonna go into the segment right here. Cool okay. things that Lincoln Lincoln knows. So I went on a hiking trip, and um, come to find out, you've done some hiking. I've done a little bit of backpacking. Yeah, you had like great tips for me and <laughs> how to do this and how to do that. And I was like, oh, it's it's, it's so someone who's actually done this. Pack your backpack and stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So where uh, where did you hike at? Um, or how did that how that come about? So my youth pastor. I was pretty involved with my youth group growing up. My youth pastor was an outdoorsy guy who enjoyed backpacking and stuff like that. And also, like, kind of theologically, philosophically, he really believed in equipping his, the people in his youth group spiritually to go and, and, you know, to go and evangelize, not evangelize, but to go and really live their beliefs around their friend groups and wherever they were going to go. Instead of going somewhere, instead of going on short-term mission trips, he yeah. he had a lot of trips that would, the focus was to, to equip you that wherever you ended up going, like, you knew why you believe things, and, like, they were, like, discipling trips. That That's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, it's a pretty good pretty good way of going about it, because, like, what's the point of going to, to, this is going to make people mad, but, like, what's the point of, like, going to Africa for a week and, like, trying to help build a school? Like, that's such a waste of money, and, like, do high schoolers know about building stuff? Yeah. And, like, it'd be better off if you just gave that money to people already there doing work, you know? Right. Would it be good to teach the, like, Africans how to build so that they can start Anyways, a job? And, any, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Coming back. So, yeah. he would do that in the form of, like, a backpacking or camping trip where we'd go and be on a trail for six or seven days. Yeah. And do, like, real hiking. So, I got to go to Wyoming, um, to wow. Medicine Bow uh, National Forestry, and hiked up Medicine Bow, and... Uh, that was pretty. I need to mess with this. Yeah, I think so too. One second. Stand by for technical difficulties. Oh, oh. is it gonna stay? Oh, okay. Um, and so I got to hike up That's the much better. Medicine Bow, um, which is really cool. It's like thirteen thousand feet, so pretty high up, and had to learn how to cope with uh, elevation, just like thin air, and yeah. Uh, so I did that when I was in ninth grade. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and then. When was the next trip? Maybe the following year or something. We went to Georgia, Appalachian Mountains, and did that. That was a pretty tame trip. It was a really sweaty trip. It was so hot and humid. 
Yeah. Uh, but same deal. Carried everything. Um, How long were you? To a couple of weeks? About a week. Yeah. yeah. These are all like week-long trips. Um, carried everything in our bags. Brought all our food. Took all our trash out with us. Stayed in tents. Cooked. Had to take a dump in the woods. That's just awesome. Filter our own water. Um, hiked uh, several miles a day. Sometimes a lot. Sometimes not a lot. Um, that was pretty cool. And then my senior year went back. We were going to go to Wyoming again to the same place. because It was kind of a favorite spot. And um, these trips were pretty big as far as our group. So it'd be like 20 or 30 of us who would go, including all of the adults. And when you go backpacking, there are a lot of rules regarding how many heartbeats you can have on a trail. Oh, really? So whether it's like human, dog, uh, horse, like a lot of those trails were limited to 15 heartbeats per group or whatever, just so you're not taking a huge amount of people into the woods more than the trails and the the campsites along the trails can actually handle yeah yeah and so we were pretty limited and we were just going to go back to wyoming but they had just gotten a big snowstorm and all the trails were still closed oh the last week of july oh wow and so we went uh to colorado i think the san juan mountain range san juan anyways i think that's what it was called and did a similar thing carried everything hiked brought all our own like freeze-dried backpacking food did all that that was a pretty cool trip as well yeah and went up the the peak i think it's engineer mountain i i can't remember but that was even taller peak it was like fourteen thousand feet wow um so pretty high up um and it wasn't when we were on that it wasn't that day but one of the days previous to that we were up on a ridge and it started to thunderstorm which is something that happens a lot in the mountains um around one or two o'clock in the afternoon it'll usually storm or rain but it was a really bad lightning storm, and um, we had to get in our tents, which were uh, pretty nice tents, and we're all grounded, so if lightning did hit one of them, you wouldn't die. <laughs> um, and basically had to just ride it out for the next day and a half. We just wow. stayed in our tents all that day and most of the next day, and finally were able to get out and hike more and get wow. off the ridge. We were pretty high up. It was kind of, that could have been kind of a scary, that could have gone badly, and and in fact, we came across some people who were up on the trails with their horses, and they they said they had to like help some people get them off the trails and stuff. So it was like a pretty serious thing. Wow! So you did three, three, three big pretty significant, yeah, yeah. week long trips, everything in a pack. Yeah, it was cool. I I liked it. It was neat. It was yeah. cool to go with the group, all my friends and stuff. And Dude, I'm really thankful for those experiences. Yeah, that's so sick. You want another beer? I, I do. And it's not beer, guys. It's, it's a, white a White Claw. claw. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's alcoholic LaCroix. Yeah, it's great. With mango? Uh, sure, yeah. Okay, I can get, uh, Why don't you uh, grab a couple? Okay. Let's just do this. Well, there's one. That's the kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be able to drink that for like the next six, six or seven years. Here's another mango. Nice, nice. There's one more mango. Um, if you want one. Okay. I might, might. I'm more of a Trulies guy myself. I'm Trulies are so gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The ones that they have the Elephant Bar are really tasty. I like the whatever they have there. Yeah, it's definitely... Those are like a soda, like a low sugar soda, so they're a little bit sweeter than White Claws. But those are pretty good too. Yeah. Okay. Ain't no laws when you drink Claws. So, that's so, that's so overdone. But it's good. Oh, I, I love uh, saying that. Yeah, it's great. So, from from backpacking to pygmy goats to cars is the next thing I want to get into. You're sure. you're a pretty big car person as well. I guess I am. You just gotta embrace it. 
Yeah, it's just I really hate the sort of generic white dude car stereotype, like the meat-headed guy. I don't know. I really kind of reject that a lot. I don't like that. Uh, but yeah, I do enjoy cars. Um, that that wasn't really intentional. It kind of came about through necessity, honestly. I think it's kind of also part of your nature. You like to. You're not a tinker, but you kind of are. You wanna you wanna get to know something. I feel like. Yeah. The way that you get to know something is the way that you... Yeah, I... Growing up as a kid, I really enjoyed playing with Legos. Yeah. And making things with Legos and Kinects, all those kind of toys. And so that's kind of what I spent all my time doing. I was the youngest child and often didn't have, like, a sibling to play with because my brother is a few years older. And so, like, I was kind of just on my own a lot and just spent a lot of time just building things out of, like, Legos and stuff. Yeah. And so I think that carries over. Like, cars are just big Lego sets. They come apart. They go together. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I've learned so much about cars from you. Like today I was talking about the new Corvette that's coming out and I'm like, oh, it's a mid engine. And someone was talking about it. I'm like, yeah, it's a mid engine. And yeah. You knew gonna, stuff about it. Yeah. yeah. It was like, yeah. that's all stuff I'm learning from Lincoln stuff that I would not give two craps about. And I'm learning all of it from you. Yeah. I, I understand why people just aren't into them. I, I know it's not for everybody and more and more like people just aren't about cars anymore which is fine like 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 what you like yeah um, and i also kind of just didn't stand a chance both my parents loved cars and had cool cars <laughs> and so whether i wanted to get into cars or not it, i i just didn't stand a chance it, it was just gonna happen that's awesome another really interesting thing about lincoln is he is kind of a music nut in a way i feel like you know about obscure not obscure but music that is so, like so it's not just mainstream pop culture music yeah so last night when we were over at the elephant bar you you were able to talk to the guy that j guy and he was talking about alternative rock he's talking about this mm-hmm. and that and you could connect and you also were able to throw other stuff to him and there was just like that connection yeah of two people that listen to very unique music mm-hmm. you know and i'm like that's so cool because when he was talking i had no idea what he was talking about whatever yeah. whatsoever and that's kind of how we again we met we went to that show and and um i like your birds and i try to buy non-alcoholic alcohol and was denied <laughs> uh, that was one of our, our first experiences hanging out was that it was, was that yeah 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 i where did the music thing come from um i think uh i i thought playing guitar was cool when i was like fifth grade it's cool um and I wanted to be cool. <laughs> um, and so I, there was a guy at my church who gave free guitar lessons. Um, and so I, you know, talked to him, talked to my parents. And eventually when I got a little bit older, I started taking guitar lessons. He, he was a little hesitant because he had tried giving lessons to younger kids before and just had never worked out. Yeah. And so when I was in sixth grade, I started taking guitar lessons and he was still a little hesitant. But I, excuse me, I kept at it. Um, and like went through everything he could teach me in a pretty short amount of time, um, and spent the rest of like middle school and high school playing, uh, for my church and our, just our youth group. So yeah, yeah I spent a long time, uh, playing, I guess in high school, like kind of a lot too. Like a lot of musicians don't get to play twice a week, you know, yeah. in front of people. And so that was a pretty good, a pretty good, uh, experience for me. And I'm really thankful for that opportunity as well. Uh, but yeah, I always liked different music. I think just wanting to be cool, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and just 
I didn't like what was on the radio, and so I started listening to, I guess, more alternative stuff, and uh, a lot of my friends liked the band Reliant K, and so I started listening to them when I was early middle school, and um, kind of the whole catalog of the, like, underground sort of Christian uh, bands, and like Emery and Under Oath, and yeah. uh, a lot of bands like that, and um, the music wormhole goes pretty deep, and so I never really went that deep in it. I All the stuff I like is pretty popular, and but yeah, I don't know. Popular I, in the alternative scene. Popular in the alternative scene, yeah, yeah, I would say. Yeah. Which is stuff I've never heard of. It's crazy, dude. I don't, it's just trying to compare a band that you've never heard of to a band that someone else has never heard of. Just, I don't know. That's, yeah. that's dumb. Just like what you like. Yeah, um, just like what you like. But yeah, I still... I'm pretty proud of what I like musically. Like I still listen to all the stuff I listened to in early high school. Yeah. And I think it I think it stands up, honestly. No. Like there I I don't know. I you, was listening to some of that today even. Just some old like like Amberlynn music. It's like, oh this this band still is so good. <laughs> still so good. It's crazy. What I listen to this is not about me, but it's interesting. So like growing up, like I would play with money. <laughs> yeah. And I'd listen to like talk radio and like <laughs> Dave Ramsey. Literally what you do today. Yeah, I play with like <laughs> Iron right now. Yeah, no, I literally that's what I did as a kid. It was just like, I would not listen to music. I don't think I started listening to music until college. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which is funny because that's when I stopped listening to music. There was a time where like, I kind of just, I didn't really have a lot of, I don't know. I, I just stopped caring about music because I felt like the music I like wasn't that cool. Yeah. And people around me didn't think that that was that it was cool. It college. Yeah, and I... They liked, like, the hipster Christian music. Yeah, and I pretended to like bands like Mumford & Sons and, like, all the folky, like, alternative stuff that... Like, it's still good, and I, I, I guess I do like it, but yeah. I don't know. I should have been listening to Panic at the Disco the whole time. Like, unironically, just because I like Panic at the Disco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, dude. Like, are, people oh. who try to shame you for liking things that are, like, quote, uncool, are, that's just the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, I that's be so you. stupid. 100%. Just be who you are. Like that's the that's the best way to be as cool as possible. If you're just secure in who you are, just be that. Just be who you are. Like what you like. That's all you want to do. Yeah. I feel like we ran into a lot of that when we went down to Atlanta last week because we yeah. liked really garbage beer. Yeah. And we would talk about how much we love garbage beer, like Michelob Ultra and PBR, and people just got look, like look at us. It's like, why aren't you drinking that craft? Blah blah blah. blah. And I'm like, okay, it's like, well. One, I don't love paying eight dollars a glass for beer, <laughs> and two, like I kind of like PBR. That's yeah, not. Like, I don't bad. Know. It's, it's really not that bad. Yeah. Like, whatever. We went through a craft beer scene. We and yeah, we were those guys at one point where yep. we were really snobby about beer. Yeah. Looked down on, judged people based on their Super beer choices. Super judged people. For we were twenty one. We should not have been judging at all. We had no actual. We had experience. no business yeah. spending seven dollars a glass of beer. <laughs> We're like, can we pay rent $180 this month? Uh, We're drinking gumball heads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think everybody tries to just be cool and fit in. And yeah. I think that's what we were trying to do. I think so, too. Yeah, that's cool. We've got a couple vacations together. and Those have been some pretty we, enjoyable we vacation, times. Va- we vacation together, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're roommates and we also vacation together. <laughs> <laughs> Is that weird? <laughs> Anyways, uh, Lincoln has a girlfriend, so... Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm super not single. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she, she babysits our dog. Because <laughs> we have a dog together, too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's, a, he's a really cute dog. Oh, man. That's... Yeah. It's It's been good. What other uh, interesting hobbies do you think people are kind of, like, shocked at when you say that you know about it? 
or are, are um, interested in or have knowledge on it's like stamp like collecting oh yeah he is an amazing chef i like to cook a lot yeah 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 that's another thing because you can talk pretty in knowledge and in depth about it too because when we were in Atlanta, we were visiting our buddy who is an artisanal baker and yeah. he went to uh school for culinary mm-hmm. culinary school um and so he was saying stuff and you're like you were literally commenting and even going even deeper on the things you were saying, like how to froth the butter correctly so that it, with the croissant. And I was just like, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was talking about, um, we've got this like regional pretzel chain around yeah. here called Ben's Pretzels. And he asked if we would just send him some, they sell their mix for pretzels. He asked if we would send him some. Should probably do so that. Why, can you just like, you're a baker by trade. Can you just like hack that? Like, it's not that hard. These are just commercial like pretzels. Like, we could just make these. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, and I have before. Why, why don't I just do that? <laughs> yeah. She's still still in the mix, ironically. We should, yeah, we definitely yeah. should. Yeah, I don't know where. I don't know. I, I watched a lot of cooking shows in high school. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I watched a lot of Food Network, and it was really interesting to me. I just, I've always enjoyed cooking. Um, I think, I think that's just my personality. I enjoy being able to do things for myself. Yeah, like I like not being an expert in a topic, but I like not having to rely on somebody for something. Yeah, um, and so if I can cook my own meals, fix my own car, uh, I, you know, what I mean, yes. Yeah. Well, I think I remember you said at one time it's like, why would I go out and spend money on that when I can cook it at home and make it even better? For real, why would I spend twelve dollars on a burger from Applebee's when I could cook at home way better food and also enjoy the process of cooking and be at home yeah <laughs> not be dealing with applebee's applebee's waitresses um are rough sometimes yeah yeah, yeah they are they are rough they are. yeah and you have to deal with people and stuff this one time uh i was i you weren't there it was a few other friends yeah. from grace i told i said i'm not gonna go oh maybe never mind um so we were at applebee's for half price appetizers after nine or ten and our waitress uh, asked, you know, why we were there. We were just talking. Someone mentioned that we all went to Grace, and she kind of laughed at us. Um, and uh, the two friends I was with then are both uh, one's a cop and one's a doctor now. <laughs> <laughs> and even the the two B doctor, he's like, yeah, and you're you're waitressing. You're like twenty seven. Like, <laughs> why are you making fun of us? Yeah, why are you making fun so, of yeah, us? Yeah, Applebee's waitresses. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was thinking about the one time they went with uh, my sister and her roommate. Oh. And yeah, deal with that. But yeah, no. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. Just that. Just quality experience every single time you go to Applebee's. I wanted to throw a disclaimer out there. Like, hey, I don't want to offend anyone who's currently a waitress at Applebee's. But chances are, if you're currently like a waitress at Applebee's, you know. Yeah, you know. You know, you know yeah. what we're talking about. Right. No, there, yeah. And if you are working at Applebee's, I would suggest working at like Olive Garden or Logan Steakhouse or something because that's where the tips are. You're not getting at Applebee's. Yeah, I don't they know. have $1 margaritas. They have $1, uh, what's the, um, Whatever the teas? What is it called? Long Island. Long Island iced teas. Long Island iced teas. You know teas? there isn't any tea in a Long Island iced tea? Uh, did, you, did you know that? I think there's like, is it Coke? Is that yeah, what it is? Yeah, it's a okay. bunch. It's like five alcohols and Coke. And it tastes that's, like tea. That's a Long Island iced tea. Yeah, that makes no sense. Who makes those makes those rules? So get you messed up. Yeah. So what do you do now? What's what is your current occupation? Uh, I am a bread man. Okay. But when I try to impress people, I say uh, I'm a route service representative for Aunt Millie's. I uh, 
stock, you know, big accounts like Meyer, and also take care of institutions and schools and restaurants, and then maintain good relationships with my customers, as well as trying to expand my business by talking to you know other places who might want to sell our bread. Yeah, so you do a lot of stuff basically. Yeah, customer but, service, sales, and you're also the person who you're like running the inventory back and forth. So inventory management. Yeah, and so our our branch's biggest account is a Meyer store, and I'm in charge basically of making sure they have enough bread, and don't run out, but not too much bread. Right. And so accommodating for sales when they have them, and and pursuing additional displays around the store, and just making sure the store looks good, uh, bread wise. Bread wise, yeah, it's a big thing. People buy it. People need I, it. I guess I don't know. I'm just a bread man. It's You're not. Man. It's hard to. It's hard to dress up that occupation. And even back to Atlanta, I told someone what I did. I'm like, oh, that's so quaint. Like that's such a like a, a Midwest job. <laughs> like, there's a lot of like vendor jobs like that. Like I don't know. Yeah. Most specific goods like that are ran like by like a vendor someone who runs the route and does all that so yeah it's a pretty normal aspect of grocery stores that a lot of people don't know yeah is that like there obviously is a general merchandise section and there's meats but as far as bread and liquor pop uh, all the like little debbie stuff is all like vendor run and so all the stuff you see on the stores someone ordered because they thought they needed that in that store not because of the store running it Wow, so, so the store's half, not managing it. Yeah, really. half of like their, maybe not half. Yeah, maybe half of the like the fresh goods or the food stuff in stores is all managed via vendors. Wow, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. It's a different. It's you don't really realize it. I mean, yeah, I learned a lot about how grocery stores worked when I started working this job, and yeah. a lot about like grocery stores waste so much food. <laughs> really, it's awful. <laughs> it's so gross. <laughs> They're just like you're trashing it 24-7. Well, I mean, you go to the store and you see, you know, two watermelons. One looks perfect and one looks a little meh. You buy the perfect one. Right. And so that happens with everything. Yeah. And so there's just a lot of waste, man. So. Yeah. Yeah. So dumpsters behind the grocery stores, that's where the... I know a lot of stores try to donate to like food, food pantries yeah. when they can. So that's yeah. pretty cool. That's cool. That is a good use of their resources yeah. or, you know, stuff that they don't have. I think so. Yeah. I think so, too. That's crazy. So, yeah, you've worked a lot of different jobs. I think so, some of my favorite memories are you telling me stories about when you worked at the boys' house. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Just, like, what that was? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, for the where I worked, it was a youth treatment facility for boys um, from basically 12 or a little bit younger sometimes to 18 or 19. Yeah. Um, who had either gotten in trouble with the law, um, so like probation cases, kind of gone bad, or kids who had come from like a Department of Corrections facility, so a jail. It, I don't want to say halfway house because it was like one more step secured than like a halfway house. Anyways, um, so it was boys like that or like boys with like sexually maladaptive issues. Um, little known fact, the state of Indiana, there are a lot of child rapists. And not people who rape children, but children who rape children. It's wow. pretty significant, and it's growing every year. And so that was half of our clientele were uh, sexually maladaptive youth. Um, and then and a lot of like, foster cases that had gone really poorly. So that, those were kind of our clientele. Um, so for a while, I was just like a house staff. Um, it was a direct care facility. So if, unless they were in their room or the bathroom, had to have eyes on the kids um, at all times. Uh, and we would try to teach them like independent living skills. We would show them how to fill out resumes. So that way, when they 
you know, graduated the program or turned 18, uh, a lot of them didn't have families to go back to. And so they would have to go out into the world and try to exist on their own without any support, basically. Yeah. And so that's, we were trying to equip them to do that successfully. That was kind of the whole idea. Um, as well as just corrective behavior. I don't know. So I got kicked and bit and spit on a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you've been, you, I know you've been in intense, intense situations. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, you deal with a lot of conflict when you work at a place like that. Because even as I just described it, it makes it sound like a, a place that's like a really cool place to work at. And these kids just want to learn skills. All, all of these kids were sent to this facility. And yeah. so to these kids, this was jail and you were the enemy. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was scary. It was like there were like times where it was pretty scary and like pretty like real conflict and uh, and you said that one kid out of pencil was trying to stab you yeah, one time. Yeah, there was one night that it it was a, a hands-on facility, but not in terms of like jail where they just like, where they tackle you for no reason. Um, we did have to perform physical restraints when there was a situation where the kid was trying to harm themselves or others. It wasn't like a, like a punishment thing where like, oh, you cussed at me, I'm going to hit you. It wasn't like that. It was... You're doing something that's dangerous to you, and I need to keep you safe or other people safe, and so I need to hold you down until you calm down. So anyways, there was this kid who we had just performed a restraint on one of his friends who was doing some bad stuff, and this kid got really, really upset, and he was pushing me around the living room of this facility, and he had this broken off pencil in his hand, and he was just screaming at me, and usually I wouldn't let kids push me around, Uh, but this kid was i don't i don't know not mentally challenged i guess i guess yeah clinically in his file he had issues he had like learning disabilities and stuff um and those were those were usually the kids who did really dumb things like tried to hurt staff yeah not to mean anything by that but that's just in my experience those are the kids who cause a lot of problems sometimes yeah Uh, and he had this broken off pencil in his fist and I thought for sure he was just going to bring his hand around and go right in my temple with it. I, And so I, I let him push me around a whole bunch and just tried to talk to him and calm him down. And eventually he calmed down and he didn't stab me with his broken off pencil. <laughs> and it was okay. And, and we talked about it. And those kids, in not to generalize, but in my experience in dealing with them for three years, you could usually have a pretty good interaction following a meltdown. Because uh, they weren't, I don't know. They, they did bad things because they couldn't, like, they didn't have a lot of self-control, but they weren't usually, like, really criminally minded. Right. It was just usually a kid who couldn't, you know. Express. Basically, like, a three-year-old having a meltdown, but in an 18-year-old man body. Mm-hmm. That's kind of. What it was. If I'm trying to paint a picture, that's the picture I'm trying to paint. Yeah. But we did have some kids that were definitely criminals. Yeah. Uh, who were involved in gangs. Um, who had like substance abuse issues and like there's this one kid he was pretty bad he he was uh, a blood gang member um, he was from Gary Indiana like he was there because he had was involved in like a drive-by shooting where someone died and like he you had to you had to watch that kid he never did anything to staff he got other kids to do things to staff he was wow. kind of a ringleader and so yeah there's I don't know a lot of it most of the time nothing crazy was happening but sometimes some really crazy stuff was happening and i don't know you had to deal with a lot of conflict um and so i would say my conflict management skills are above par like they're yeah you i think can they're, handle, i think they're pretty decent yeah you can handle situations which is something i really admire about that yeah 
and it's kind of it's super hit and miss because like if someone's screaming at me that's pretty okay like that I, doesn't freak me out a lot but like uh i worked this job the same time i was in college so one of those kids screaming at me not a big deal having to give a group presentation in front of a, a room full of people my age who didn't care scared me so much <laughs> <laughs> so yeah just i don't know different different things you told me one story about um some kid who was rapping and then it was totally like Lil Wayne lyrics. Oh yeah. Yeah, a lot of the kids um were into rap music, whatever. Yeah. Um It's not stereotype. Which no is yeah, which is pretty funny that like that's like the macho version of music to be into. It's like, no, these guys are poets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, and so he was they would kinda rap and show each other their raps and just talk about rap music and write rap or whatever, which is like whatever, it's cool. Uh, but one kid definitely was quoting lyrics to just like a little Wayne song that wasn't popular. And one of the staff knew it and called him out and made him feel like an idiot. Didn't you like have a huge staff meeting and then he walked up and like did the actual song in front of everyone? In front so. of all the kids? No, okay. I, don't think so. I remember you were telling me something about that. Like there was all these, all the kids came and it was, and then he's like, all right, I want to do. Uh, I think that's how that confrontation went down. Like it was around a lot of people. I don't. Okay. I don't think it was okay. anything like official, but yeah. But he's like, oh, it, he's like, this is your song, right? This is like your original. Yeah, right? I think someone even played it on their phone. <laughs> <laughs> for the, yeah, all, I think, all the kids. I think that's how it went down. It's like that's hilarious. So yeah, for a while I did that. Um, kind of ran a unit of like twelve guys, um, and eventually worked in management a little bit. Um, Earlier, I had mentioned we had to teach them, like, independent living skills. By yeah. the state, we were required to provide a certain number of hours of independent living content to each client every week. Yeah. And so we had, like, an independent living coordinator, and I did that position for a little while uh, towards the end where I would just write lesson plans of, like, here is a independent adult life skill you need to teach the kids. Yeah. And then compiled a lot of reports on a month-to-month basis and just tracked all that. So it was mobile and it was management awful. stuff. Yeah, it was <laughs> awful. It was awful. It sucks so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's cool. It's cool that, that you have that. I'm glad you're not part of that anymore. Um, it's definitely a good experience. Like, it was a terrible job, and it, it did terrible things for me personally because I, I just I didn't know how to handle the stress. I didn't know. Like, I got this job when I was 21, um, a few months after I turned 21, and I was the youngest staff, the youngest guy on staff, and in fact, during that time, we had this kid who was 20 and a half. He was six months younger than me. Wow. In, in one of the units that I worked with every single day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just crazy. Like, a lot of these kids were 18 or 19, and, like, we would have gone to high school together. Yeah. It was just, it was a wild experience for a while. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I didn't know how to deal with that job at all, and, and I don't know. I feel like I probably just hit rock bottom. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Did it hit that early, though? <laughs> yeah, I really got that one out of the way pretty quick. Uh, I'm glad for that one. So, yeah, I got to learn a lot about myself from that job. And, and then uh, looking back on it, like, I have a lot of good relationships. I'm still friends with all my coworkers, not not the residents or anything, but, like, I'm friends with my coworkers, and they're some of my best friends now. And Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and just, I, I don't know, can handle conflict. and Yeah. One, one thing I will say about you is, you may not so me i'm friends with a lot of people yeah but you you foster really deep relationships with specific people and you maintain those and that's really impressive like people that you really vibe with you will connect with them and then you're friends with them for forever i feel like yeah i, I really like that 
I think so too. I it I guess, if I had to put together like a like a group of like groomsmen for a wedding, like I've got like ten dudes, it would be hard to pick to narrow down. Yeah, like ten guys right now that like I would it would be hard to cut it down to a smaller group than that just because I the I deep know, relationships like with really those. tight relationships with like pretty specific people and that group is kind of big. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, and you're right. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, I guess. No, I think that's such a cool thing, and they're all over the world too. That's other like mm-hmm. cop in Chicago and a doctor in Mississippi or Missouri or Alabama. wherever he's at. Alabama. Yeah, all over the states, not yeah. really the world. Yeah, I mean, you have friendships like that too. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think you just have. I am pretty intentional. Yeah, uh, I'm an introvert, and so sometimes being around people um, really, really drains me. Yeah, and certain people, I don't, I don't know what about certain people. I, I don't, I couldn't tell you character traits that drain me. I just know there are certain people who really, really drain me, and so I don't have any deep relationships with anybody like that. Yeah. All of my friendships, the people I choose to spend my time with, are people who make me feel filled up. Yeah. like that's why we're such good friends. Our dynamic, yeah. you definitely recharge me. Good. Like hanging out with you. Yeah. I'll start crying right here. It's cry- yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna cry right here. No, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's good. We have a good dynamic. And there are people from college that I was friends with in college that I'm not friends with now because of that reason. Yeah. Because yeah. they just, they, I don't know, they just drained me, exhausted me. And I, you know, I, I spent a lot of time around those people and I, I, bad things happened as a consequence. Yeah. It's crazy. So I don't mess with that anymore. Yeah. Well, it's good. That's a, that's a growing thing. It's cool that you, you realize that too. Yeah. It's just in, in the process of creating a life I don't need a break from. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't think a lot of people have that. I feel, I feel like people just want to be that cool. They want to be part. They want to be accepted. They want to be cool. And so they will put themselves they, through that. They want everybody to like them. And, yeah. And I yeah, definitely went through that phase and that you can't do that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm pretty content with who I'm friends with. And if someone else walks into my life and, you know, we connect, it's, you know, I'll add another to the, to the crew, I guess. Yeah. But I don't. I don't feel the need to really push out and overextend myself. Yeah. yeah. You still have fun in the process, which is cool. Yeah. But socially, I, I definitely feel like I'm a little bit awkward and I'm just not super outgoing and I'm pretty quiet and You're f- it takes people to kind of seek me out a little bit first. And, yeah. You're so stinking funny, dude. It's not even funny. That's that's also why our, our friendship works out so good because you are so outgoing and so dynamic <laughs> and I'm just along for the ride, I guess. I don't know. I love it. You're always welcome to ride. You are always welcome to ride. Speaking of riding, one of my favorite memories of us is um, what we would do is we went, both went to a Christian college that was kind of like you can't do anything, and so our can't way we would anything. the way we would release and kind of be in rebellion is we were what eighteen nineteen we would go and buy Swisher sweets. We definitely weren't younger than eighteen. Yeah. <clears throat> we were like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty maybe twenty one. We would go buy Swisher sweets and then drive out into the country roads. Just out in the middle of nowhere, smoking these Swisher Sweets, thinking we're the, like and the just most driving around smoking Swishers, yeah, yeah. all in the back country, just, and we were we were blazing down a country road and smashed, <laughs> like absolutely destroyed, probably going fifty miles an hour, destroyed this raccoon. Yeah, stopped. My bumper's completely wrecked in pieces. Yeah, in pieces. Um, this raccoon is gone. I don't. Yeah, we, <laughs> we looked for this right. raccoon. Could not find him anywhere. Could not find other him. than the bits of fur that were like mashed into your bumper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my bumper was completely wrecked. It was so bad. And it wasn't until you sold that car. <laughs> uh, no, I, the car broke, and I just, I just uh, trashed it. I like uh, not trashed it, but I junked it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I drove it for another two years. <laughs> and, yeah, and 
and we'd get back from doing things like that and like smelling like smoke was like a concern like we yeah. were worried about getting in trouble because we smelled like smoke yeah could get, possibly get kicked out honestly yeah not kicked out but like in trouble and in like a really unfun way yeah. yeah 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 still have some ptsd from that not really not ptsd but just you, still like, you want to bring up that story yeah, I, we don't have to. We can. We can bring we it up. I, yeah. I'll talk about it. Okay. I don't. I don't know what else you had on your agenda as far as questions. Yeah, I have two more, but they're a little bit lighter. Well, let's go deep into this. Okay, so one year towards the end of my college career, ironically, I chose to live off campus and rent my own apartment in the bathhouse. <clears throat> yeah, we call it the bathhouse because this apartment did not have a shower, but rather it had a bathtub. <laughs> With like a shower head mounted on the edge of the bathtub uh, in this apartment, it was the top story of a house, and a lot of the the roof was pitched in a lot of the rooms. Yep. And so in the bathroom, the roof was pitched or slanted where the tub was, so you could not stand up in the tub. Yeah. And so I lived in this apartment with one of my friends for a year, and we call it the bathhouse because the bathtub. Uh, anyways, uh, I was doing some classes during this time, and also I was twenty two. Yep. Twenty two. You was you were twenty. I was twenty. I was I was buying I was alcohol graduated. for my. I could legally drink. That's, I was also graduated, so I was twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, and I'm a year older than you, so you definitely were like. Yeah, I could legally drink, and that's that's an important point. We'll circle back around to. Uh, we would occasionally have friends over and have very mild parties. We would sometimes drink. We'd play a little beer pong. We'd play Mario Kart, watch Netflix. Very mild, not crazy parties of just a bunch of twenty one, twenty two year olds, just drinking and i don't know having fun hanging like, out like nothing bad ever happened at these yeah anyways uh someone from administration found out that i was hosting wild uh parties at my apartment off campus so i got called in for a meeting uh thoroughly questioned and everyone else who was associated with me got thoroughly questioned interrogated you might even say um and uh, I had talked to all my friends before this because we kind of we smelled it a little bit. Someone said something to someone, and so we all had a group chat going and said, "All right, we're not going to say anything. We're just going to deny it. We can't get in trouble. We just all deny it." Uh, but apparently, uh, each and every one of my friends leading up to this had a change of heart and decided to be honest <laughs> and sold me out. Um, and I was the last person that they had their meeting with, and I sat down. You know, Lincoln. Are you at all frustrated that you're here right now? I said, well, yeah, I am frustrated, but I think I'd be more frustrated if the administrators of my college didn't enforce the rules they made. And no one said anything for a while. I don't know if it's because I was being a smartass. I happen to think that was a good point, though. Because in their eyes, I was doing something wrong, and I was experiencing justice, and that's fine. And so this meeting lasted an hour and a half. I was late to work because of this stupid meeting. And just, they tried, they just, crazy stuff. Like, you know, with parties and drinking, we know sex and drugs go along with that. Was that happening at your house? But like, yeah, in the movies it does, but we were just hanging out playing Mario Kart and drinking beer. Like, it wasn't, I don't know, the whole thing still, like, I can feel myself getting angry yeah. now. Because it was so blown out of Well, they used manipulation tactics. They did a lot of they that. Were, they were really trying to manipulate me and... And these are all people I had known for several years at this point, and I, I trusted. And they had painted themselves as, like, spiritual leaders for our campus and people you could, like, talk to your problems with. And so I had mentioned a lot of things about things I was struggling with. 
uh, with just my job and, and having a hard time coping with that. And like my dad passed away when I was a kid and he was someone who drank and smoked cigarettes and just, I just talked about a lot of things and, and the Dean of the college looked at me and said, well, you know, uh, you know, maybe this, you can use this as a turning point so you can be around for your kids longer than your dad was around for you. And at this point, I, I was working at this youth facility, so I was so numb emotionally because I had kids screaming at me every day. But now if someone said that to me seriously, I think I'd beat them up. Yeah. Like, that's such a shitty thing to say to somebody. Yeah. Sorry, Mom. Uh, such yeah. a crappy thing to say no, to somebody. No, you can say shitty. That was a shitty thing you said. Like, that's a terrible thing to tell to one of the students of your college. Yeah. Just to get them to break down. Just, to, just to manipulate them into telling them more. And they these people got pretty upset with me because, like, I went in and I just told them the truth. Yeah. And I told them the truth for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, and other crazy things like, well, the real world has more rules than Grace College. No. Nope. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I've lived in the real world and for I, a while. At that point, I was working 40 hours a week, paying rent, paying, covering all my expenses. And like, what aspect of the real world don't you think I'm associated with right now? Yeah. So yeah, just a really that was very much a nail in the coffin experience for me with that particular institution. Yeah, it's like if these are the people who are running this college, I don't want my money going to their paychecks. Yeah, yeah, no, they, yeah, it was. And so that's yeah, for anyone listening who is unfamiliar with Grace College, um, I was off campus and above the legal drinking age, and I got in trouble for consuming alcohol. Suspended. Suspend. I got suspended for four days. Had to go through a psychological evaluation to see if I had issues with abusing substances. And then I had to go to eight weeks of like a substance abuse counseling support group. And you lost um, a letter grade. Yeah, they dropped uh, in all my classes that semester a whole letter grade. Yep. Like that that really messed a lot of things up. Yeah. And so, and, and in the end of it, evaluation came back and I don't have issues uh, abusing substances. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. I just I was yeah. 22 and I like to hang out and drink with my friends. Sometimes we didn't do that every night. Yeah, it, I don't it was know. like a, a once every two weeks thing. Maybe. Yeah, it wasn't really Tops. that often. And yeah, just I don't know. Compared to the amount of dr- times we drink t- <laughs> today, we drink twice a week. Sorry, mom. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Uh, yeah, not really. We don't it drink was just, much. It was dumb and it was a whole ordeal and yep. it didn't need to be and. And we had PTSD from it. Well, you have PTSD. Wait, yeah. For it's a, just it, it was a it was a traumatic, scarring yeah, instance it was, in a formative time of your years that has just like that is not a way to to show grace or to show Christian values. It was not. It was not good. Yeah, and I, at one point, I just said, "Yeah, I I really just I'm sorry for what I did, and I'm I'm not going to do it again. I just really want to I really want to get through this process so I can get back to." classes and focusing on like graduating at that point and the dean goes well no we're gonna drag this out and we're gonna make this hurt a little bit for you he said those things to me yeah and i literally said i'm sorry and i want to learn from this and move on yeah. that's <laughs> yeah just i don't know just really yeah i, I i'd rather I think I've processed and talked about it enough, but it still makes me angry that, no, it's a, that someone in a in a position of authority like treated me like that. Yeah, it's like that's yeah. stupid. Yeah, it was a wrong use of authority. I, I recently told my mother that story, so I didn't tell. This happened a long time ago, obviously, and it wasn't until this year, honestly, I told her that story, and she got pretty mad on my behalf and 
really really made me regret not talking bringing her into the loop sooner because like i was at a point in my life where like i just wasn't talking to my parents much yeah and they knew things weren't going well for me and and they were trying to help and stuff and i just i don't know i wasn't having it i was a jerk but i really wish i think that would have been really helpful and i it ha- just having support from my parents would have been really good through that time and yeah yeah it's crazy i there's things that have happened when i was in college not to the level of you 100 percent not to the level that you're at but still things that i'm dealing like I'm like patterns in my life. I'm like, oh, that was because of the hurt that I had then. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I need to change those patterns. But I almost wonder if that's why I'm so like anti-authority now. Yeah. Because I'm pretty like I don't, I don't know. I my best one of my best friends is a cop, but most police officers, I, I'm more interested in knowing what my rights are than being gracious towards them in yeah. encounters with police officers. Yep. Uh, I make jokes at their expense sometimes. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Like when we walk back from the bar, to and from the bar, every single time I, as we walk past the police department, I go, just some really loud, audible sniffs. Say, hey guys, smell like bacon? Smell like bacon around here? Uh, And if that flew over your head, uh, it's because the joke is that police officers are pigs, and obviously they're not, and they have hard jobs too. And it, whatever. So every time you do the sniffing thing, I think you're trying to say like, let's do some coke. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, man, I, no. I have no interest. I don't. No cocaine scares me. Yeah. Scares yeah. Me I, my dad died of a heart attack when he was kind of young, and so hardcore stimulants, I, I'm probably never going to be on board for. Yeah. I, yeah. Yep. No, I. I it's it is what it is. All right. Well, I'll tell a lighter note. Um, yeah. No, I, I appreciate you talking about that. It's not no, a fun okay. thing to talk it's, about, but it was. Know. Yeah, it was a pretty formative experience for me. I, I think. Yeah. It still makes me angry, so yeah, probably. I know. And to anyone listening out there who is thinking about maybe going to college, I would just really go somewhere cheap. I go, yeah. Just go somewhere cheap, and really think about where you're going. Like, just go somewhere cheap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Student loans suck. Student loans suck. We did not need to pay that much for what I've come to believe to be a substandard education. Yeah, yeah. And or at least to not deal with things standard, not proportional to what we paid. Yeah, not proportional to what we paid. Good. Yeah. Um, so, do you move? You moved to Goshen three years ago. Yeah. What's your favorite restaurant in Goshen? Uh, you can break down. Goshen does not have a great restaurant scene. <laughs> Warsaw's got a much better. Yeah. Fort Wayne's got an awesome restaurant scene, and there's yeah. a lot of good spots in Fort Wayne. Same and as Mishawaka, if, but yeah. Yeah. Um, is this like a question you ask everybody? Yeah, kind of. Okay. I mean, it's the one that I want to start asking people too. Yeah, it's it's a good question. Uh, I would say I probably don't have a favorite, but some honorable mentions. Um, Los Primos is is always good. Every time I've had Los Primos, it's always been really good. Yeah. Um, and they're the same. It's the people who do like the taco trucks and everything like that. It's kind of all the same. But it's it's always so spot on. Yeah. They are. I, I like I like that style of food. Anyways, I love guacamole and. Yeah. Just, no, they do a great job. Yeah. Awesome. Los Primos, check it out. And that's just I feel like that's such a dumb like No. Oh, I love Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. No, it's I do love Taco Bell. Taco Bell is so good. So and the new uh diet Baja Blast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've been a really big Baja Blast fan since uh you know, whenever they put it out and once I stopped eating or stopped I guess eating or drinking anything sugar, I, I couldn't drink Baja Blast anymore. And so recently I discovered that they make zero sugar Baja Blast. And I tell you what, there are a lot of empty Taco Bell cups in my car right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and around the house.
house in my room. And <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. That's like my one vice is consuming like, I don't know. I've never been like a big snacking kind of guy, but I love like drinking like soda. Like that's, that's my favorite version of snacking is just this, drinking uh, like pop or something. Yeah. I love it. Now you're kind of active on social media. Um, a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of not active. You have, you have, you're on the, all the social medias. I'm on, I'm on the, I'm on Twitter and you know Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Snapchat. Snapchat. What is my question is what is your favorite, favorite social media out of the four? I hate all of them honestly. Yeah. I, Which I one do like you hate Instagram. the least? I like Instagram because I can follow, um, follow people with like specific projects that's pretty cool to be able to do you can follow someone who builds or makes something like i follow a lot of a lot of guys who uh build cars um there's a guy i follow called lee lee king who builds um they're called safari porsche 911s they're basically old porsche 911s that he puts like a like a lifted suspension on and mud tires and they're super dope. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And so just things like that. You can see neat pictures of things. That's, yeah. And I follow like a lot of chefs and like food people and yeah, um, like comedians and stuff. I think if I had to say I liked one, it'd be Instagram. Um, yeah. Yeah. Instagram's the one. I, I use Twitter a lot. I just, I kind of hate what Twitter's become the past couple yeah. of years. I really miss like 2013 Twitter. Yeah. It used to be a lot more fun and now it's just, it's all people just spewing their like individualized talking points. Yeah. And I'm guilty of that too. We, we talk about tweets and, and like refining and polishing our tweets. So you get the biggest reach on it. And it's just, yeah, it used to be just going to the movies, LOL, hashtag the movies. Yeah. (laughs) That that was a pretty good time. Yeah. 2013 Twitter was fun. I miss it. I miss it. I miss it a lot too. Yeah. I get, I'm more and more just, angered by social media yeah i just and i think it's i haven't i haven't curated my who i follow well enough i think yeah um i haven't really gone about that with a lot of intentionality and maybe maybe i should maybe i shouldn't i don't know there's i think there's something good about putting things in your life that you can look at and process and maybe decide if you disagree with or not yeah Um, you need that i i think you do i think i think a lot of growth comes from trying to formulate your opinion about something instead of everyone just always agreeing with you. Right. You don't want to be an echo chamber. I think growth comes from discomfort. And when you, you, you see something that you're not comfortable with and you understand it, yeah, you grow from that. Yeah. Honestly, like with, I guess with all the, the shootings going on right now, yeah, it's, it's made me really think about my beliefs about gun control and gun ownership. And like, maybe, uh, I guess previously I, I, I was raised pretty conservative and, Definitely wasn't a fan of like gun laws and stuff, but now I'm starting to think maybe maybe we should pay attention to who owns guns more. Yeah. Maybe regulate that a little bit. And yeah, like because there has to be a solution, and, and everyone having a gun doesn't really help in these cases a lot. And yeah, it's just like there has like people are just dying all the time. There has to be there has to be a solution. There has to be like this has to stop. Yeah, there has to be something that. What's the solution? Yeah. It's tough, and I, I don't but know, you gotta I, think about it. You at least have to ha- engage in that thought process. And, yeah, and so I don't have a solution. I don't even know if my stance is more gun control, really. But that's I've been trying to process through that a lot. Yeah, and even like to like literally this morning there was a shooting in Dayton, and I had to like get a hold of my girlfriend to make sure like her siblings like went home from work instead of going out to the bar. So that happened, and right. It's like as this has started to like impact me a little bit more and. You know, when I go out places and think, man, what if there was like a shooting here? Because it's yeah. so common now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a little just just thinking about stuff more. Yep. Yeah. 
No, 100%. Wow. But we're at an hour and 10 minutes. It feels like six minutes has gone It feels by. like we've been talking for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> do you have, like, a lot more stuff you want to ask? Do nah, we have... That's kind of... Are you trying to do a part two? We get, Yeah, we'll definitely be doing a part two. Okay. It's going to be happening. Am I going to be, like, a regular on your podcast? Yeah. You think 100%, so? Okay. Yeah. I'm down with that. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed just a little bit of, of Lincoln and understanding who he is. Let's, what's what's the best social media for them to follow you at if they want to get just a little glimpse of who you are? Don't don't try to connect with me. <laughs> just don't. <laughs> Guys, feel free to DM me. And I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you his Instagram, Twitter, and as well as Facebook. Like, I guess if you really want, really care about who I am, let's hang out and let me cook some food for you. Yeah. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Lincoln Adair. Lincoln <laughs> <laughs> Adair. <laughs> uh, I, I try to tweet tweet funny things. I, I don't know if they're funny. No, they're yeah. pretty funny. Okay, thanks. Guys, thanks so much. Thank you, Lincoln. This has been a blast. Thank you. Bro, you are an influence on my life. Dude, I appreciate it. I love it. you. You're a great dude. Bro. Tight. This dude. Am I right? This dude. Am I right? freaking love Lincoln and guys I hope you loved him too I hope I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation and just heard who he was pushed through these speakers this this audio um, yeah you will be hearing more from him and um, you know you'll, you'll be hearing more from me I uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on a podcasting recording kick and so there's gonna be some great more episodes coming um, so stay stay tuned uh, share you know, if you like it, let me know. Um, you can follow me at NymphsTJ on Twitter. You can follow Lincoln on Twitter. Um, and, yeah, man, it's crazy to see just the amount of people who have been engaging with this. And I'm, I just I really appreciate everyone who's listening to these podcasts. Like, I really do appreciate them. I think, uh, I think I'm going to end this podcast with a shout-out. So I tweeted. I said, yo, if anyone knows of like a business or an artist or someone amazing, drop a reply and I'll shout them out. And so I got a reply. Um, and so I want to shout out um, uh, um, Millen slash Milton at A-M-B-R-M-M is shooting editorials with the, the her girl. Um, and these photos look sick, like absolutely sick. I retweeted them. So if you're following me on Twitter, they're pretty sick. Um, I love, love, love the creativity that's going on. She said it's, it's the AM colon, colon EM semicolon colon AM period, period EM all capital. And that's the photo shoot. And they're, they're, they're fantastic. I think they're in Chicago and I'm pretty sure she's like from Goshen. I actually don't know her personally, but I followed her and I think she's a model, but I'm going to shout out everyone i follow on twitter because i think you guys are all models you know but she's actually a model like a physical model um but that doesn't make anyone else less of a model in my in my opinion but you can see these sick photos um all over twitter if you follow me and i am tztj i retweet them but you can follow her millen milton slash milton um at A-M-B-R-M-M or Erica, her girl, at looks with Erica, L-O-O-O-K-S. Sorry, L-O-O-K-S-W-I-T-H-E-R-I-C-A. Looks with Erica, E-R-I-C-A, that type of Erica. You know, and they 
are absolutely killer, killer. So tons of creativity. Thanks for the sh- thanks for the reply. So glad to shout you out. Um, so yeah, with that, I'm gonna end it. I'll catch you guys on the next Tim's podcast.